The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. The word of God, which also performs its work in you who believe. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and observe it. We are here this morning to learn about the things of the word of God. We're going to start out here this morning with uh, some information regarding the scripture of the week. We're going to look at the scripture of the week and talk about it a little bit, and then we're going to have a wonderful presentation from Jeff Phipps here shortly. Before we do any of that, of course, let's make sure that we are properly prepared for considering the things of the Word of God. So we're going to take a moment for silent prayer. It gives you the opportunity to confess sins if necessary, but also to humble ourselves, to yield to the Holy Spirit, to be in the right frame of mind, to concentrate on these things so that we can grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Most gracious and merciful and loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for blessing us with this opportunity to gather here at the church. I thank you for everybody who made the choice to come and be here this morning. We thank you for all the grace provisions that made it possible. And we ask that you would help each and every one of us to take maximum benefit from this opportunity we have, not only for the fellowship that we have one with another, that blessed and sweet fellowship that we have with our brothers and sisters in Christ, but also the opportunity we have this morning to hear about ministries in Brazil uh, to hear about Camparete, to be taught things about abiding in, your, in, in you and walking in the manner that we should walk. We're thankful for all that your word teaches us and how we can grow stronger in our faith and closer to you as we learn these things. We ask now that you would help us to set aside the distractions of our daily lives and concentrate on what it is we're supposed to learn this morning as you present to us the precious truth of your word. And we ask all of these things in Jesus Christ, most precious and beautiful name. Amen. All right, our uh, scripture of the week, as I flip around and get to the get to the Bible here, is Philippians 4:19, and we'll all say it together. And again, we don't do this as some sort of weird ritual. We do this because as you say it out loud together, it's one of those things that will actually help you remember. It's been shown that as we say these kinds of things together like this, it's something that helps us remember. So let's say this verse, Philippians 4:19. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Simple verse, not too hard to remember. We've had some passages that were a little bit longer. We've had some passages that were shorter. This one's fairly straightforward, but it's really important to understand. The context of this is Paul is actually talking about how the Philippians have supplied for his needs. In ministry, right, the needs that he's had in order to be able to do what he's been doing in terms of some of his ministries. And now he's telling the Philippians, my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. But this is also a message for all of us, that God will supply for all of our needs. Now, this is, by the way, it's very important to understand in this passage, just talking about your real needs, not your perceived needs. You understand the difference, right? We may perceive something as a need. I, I mean, I need a nice Cadillac, right? <laughs> right? I can have all sorts of perceived needs, but the reality of it is God knows our true needs. And he supplies all our needs. Now, important thing to remember, and this is talked about in scriptures as well, is sometimes we will experience need. 
This verse doesn't mean that before you ever need something, it's already there. You will actually experience need, and I believe it's something that God does for us to help us to be reminded that we need him. We experience need, but we also trust it's a function of faith. We trust that God's going to supply for those needs. Now, we can't, we can't apply the microwave standard of timing and think, you know, it's got to happen now. Uh, but God will supply, and you need to trust in that. And he doesn't supply uh, all of our needs according to what we deserve. He doesn't supply all of our needs according to how we think about it. He supplies all of our needs according to his riches in glory. Do you understand the magnitude of that? The infinite riches that God has, the glorious riches of God that he has that go beyond our imagination. We can't even possibly come up with a way of thinking of the true riches that God has. And he supplies our needs according to that, which means you don't ever have a need that's too much. God can supply. He has everything he needs in order to supply your needs. So trust in that. He's supplying according to your, his riches in glory. And then the final phrase, in Christ Jesus. That's positional truth. The idea is he's supplying all of this for us, not on the basis of anything we've earned or deserved, not on the basis of whether we're walking the way we need to walk. He's supplying it actually in a, according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Now, does that mean that God doesn't want us to walk in a manner worthy? I think we get exhortations all the time to walk in a manner worthy. But what this verse is telling us is that actually this is a function of grace. It's a function of grace. It's not that we somehow have standing in, standing in terms of our worthiness before God. It's just like the way he saved us. We were saved by grace through faith. Did you deserve your salvation? I didn't deserve mine. None of us deserve salvation. Do we deserve for God to supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory? No, but he does it in grace. This is a grace passage. It may not have the word grace in it, but this is a grace passage. He supplies these things to us in Christ Jesus because we are believers in him. We are positionally in Christ Jesus. There's a lot more I can say about this, but I don't want to take up too much of Jeff's time. So I'll, I'll finish right there. We can talk more about it uh, during the potluck if we need to. Uh, but I want to introduce Jeff. Now, I, I have seen Jeff, uh, Jeff Phipps, I've seen him a number of times at the Chafer conferences and never had the opportunity to meet Jeff. Uh, we, I saw him speak. He got up and spoke. I know specifically talked about Camp Arete at a conference recently. And, uh, and I don't know, if we, by the way, here's how it goes at the conferences. So a speaker gets up there and they make their presentation and then you sit, you're sitting there at your chair, and you get up, and you think, well, I'm going to go up and talk to the speaker. Well, by the time you get up there, there's already 12 people up there. Right, Jeff? There's already 12 people up there because there's people wanting to talk. So I never had the opportunity to get in and actually talk with Jeff, but I had the opportunity to meet Jeff last night, and I feel blessed already. Uh, we seem, seem like we're very like-minded about things. Uh, we instantly had a, a fellowship connection. It was awesome. Uh, Jeff uh, is going to present to us, on again, on ministries in Brazil which came about through your work with uh, Jim and Phyllis Myers, right, with, with, the, with them. Uh, and then uh, he's going to talk about Camparete. And I know we don't have a lot of children that are of the age, but I want you all to know about Camparete because you probably know people who have kids that are homeschooled kids, for example, that are of the right age, where they would be perfect candidates for going 
to Camp Arete, I want you also to understand before the question comes up that if we have a child that wants to go to Camp Arete, not only will this church do what it needs to in order to support a child that wants to go to Camp Arete, but Camp Arete will never allow something like that to stop a child from going, and he's going to talk about that too. Now, before I bring him up here, I want to mention one thing. Found out last night, just like me, I have a secular job, right? I have a secular job along with serving as a pastor of this church. Jeff has a secular job, and it's a very interesting one. You will never guess, and I am not going to tell you what it is. Uh, You will never guess what it is. I would never have guessed, and when we get to the potluck, I want you to try to guess, but you won't get it right. (laughs) You won't get it right. Well, yeah, the suspense is going to kill you, right? But that's okay. But, uh, but, but without, any, without any further uh, delay, I'd like to introduce Jeff Phipps. Please come up and bless us with your message. Is this thing on? Yep, it is. I'll All right. You guys hear me okay? All righty. Um, well, first of all, let me say thank you very much for welcoming me into your fellowship here at Lost Pines Bible Church. Um, as uh, Pastor Cliff said, uh, we had dinner last night, and it was a warm reception and a wonderful time, and we just connected immediately on so many levels with uh, our philosophy of ministry uh, we have very similar backgrounds as far as churches go, but um, so I was very excited to meet you guys, and I've already heard, um, and I'm giving away a little bit here, but I've already heard about some of the works that you guys are doing uh, that God's prepared for you, um, and so I'm very excited to be part of a ministry that not just hears God's word, right, but does it, so uh, thank you for having me. Um, Again, name is Jeff Phipps. Um, I am uh, the president of Camporete, um, and I'm also the vice president of Bible Framework Ministries. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Charlie Clough and his framework series. Um, some of you probably are. Um, so I work for um, Charlie there, uh, and then, of course, Brazil. And as Cliff has Alluded, I have this top secret job. It's not with the CIA. <laughs> I know. It's not. I don't think. <laughs> um, but we can talk about that uh, at the fellowship dinner. Um, in, my, uh, in my spare time, I try to find some sleep. So the Lord's kept me busy, and I'm thankful for it. Um, So this morning, just to kind of outline, we're going to talk about Brazil, which is a ministry that I've been involved with for about 10 years now. Uh, And then we'll also talk about Camparete. And uh, God willing, if if we have some time left, I've got a short message that I would like to impart to you guys as uh, a word of encouragement from what I've already heard. But um, so I think um, what I'd like to do is to, before we start talking about Brazil, I want to play a video for you, and, and let me give you a little context for this video. The video is about five minutes long, um, but this video is from the first trip that uh, Doug and I um, went down 
to Brazil together. Um, we taught Romans to uh, a group of believers down there. And after that conference, uh, they wanted to make a video for us. Now, in the video, you're going to hear the mention of West Houston Bible Church quite a bit. Uh, that's mainly just because at the time, that was the sending church. That ministry's grown. Uh, the ministry in Brazil has grown since then. Um, but um, I think it'll be helpful to um, see how the Word of God has touched some lives in another country. So let me play the video. Then we'll do uh, a quick presentation. Then we'll transition. I've got another video for Camparete. It's only about two minutes long. We'll do a quick presentation on Arete, and then we'll transition over to... Uh, Sure. I don't know where your alt button is. Oh, there it is. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the Bible. You just keep hitting it until you get to Firefox. That's it. Yep. That's PowerPoint. That's PowerPoint. There we go. There, we are. there you are. Yep. There it is. All right. So this video is about six minutes long. Um, again, the reason I want to play this is so that you guys can connect what we're talking about with this work we're doing with the effect that it's actually having on the body of Christ. Hey, West Houston Bible Church. I hope I said that right. Uh, my name is Sara. I'm from, from Southern Brazil, and I'm here... Uh, for a six month, uh, like a master studying the Bible, and I was so glad that I had this opportunity with Doug and Jeff. I was so blessed with for them. Like you can really see Christ in their life, and I know that that comes for uh, the foundation that you have from the Bible, and you have a part of, on it on it. And I was just impressed with their passion with the Bible, and you can really see uh, the love they have in the Bible, and it, it was awesome. I was so blessed with this verse, like seeing um, the romance, like verse by verse, a profoundly, a profound study of Romans, and seeing every detail that God takes care of every detail, it was, it was just uh, weird in my mind.
all this class, and I'm waiting the next year that they come back. They will come back. Hi, I'm Lucas. I was praying for something to God you strength. Always when I pray for this, God gives me a course and something that gives me encouragement. And I'm so, so, so glad for this. It was so impactful. Uh, impactful. Impactful in my life. And I just have to, to say thank you for this opportunity. Thank you very much for Doug and Jack. As teachers, they are so good teachers and so good men of God. And just thank you very, very much. Hi, my name is Maria, and I was a translator for the conference. And I just want to thank you guys for thinking of Brazil. And you guys blessed us, and you know your finance, and then just allowing Jeff and Doug to come down to Brazil and I just the study verse by verse was just um, such an awesome experience for most of the people here and we hope they can come back and some of you can come with them too and we're praying for Brazil and we're praying for you too. Thank you. That's awesome to see the body of Christ coming together. Hi, my name is Anna. I'm a part of my mission team and it was so good to see um, Jeff and them teaching here in Brazil, here in Natal. Thank you. 
So, it's kind of hard for me to watch that video because it brings back uh, so many wonderful me memories of our uh, trip down to Brazil. Um, you know, they, the, the folks down there are so grateful to Doug and I, as they mentioned our names many times, but uh, it's really God's word. Uh, our job down there was just to be accurate and to teach it, and uh, the excitement and the transformations and the realizations and the renewing of the mind that occurred down there was because God's word was proclaimed accurately, and that's where the credit is due. So I just... Um, but I, I hope that gives you a little feel, it makes it a little more personal as, as opposed to me just talking about this event that we do down in Brazil and things that happen. But we'll get into all that now. So the, the name of the ministry in Brazil is Artios Ministries. Um, some of you may know this, this is a Greek word that means to be equipped or complete. Um, and we have a 501c in Brazil uh, under the auspices of RTS Ministries. Here in the United States, um, the, our 501C is under uh, Bible Framework Ministry. It's called Bible Framework Brazil, and that's our 501C here. Um, so, where exactly is Natal? Uh, Brazil's a huge country, uh, divided up into many uh, different regions. Uh, but at, at a very high level, you have the north and the south. And the south is where the businesses are. It's where um, there's a lot of infrastructure. There's a lot of development. You'll find some middle class folks down there. You'll find the rich and the poor, but you'll find middle class down there. And then there's the north, and that's where Natal is. We're in the state of uh, Rio Grande del Norte. Uh, very, uh, you can see this little arrow here. It's right up on the coast there. Uh, you see this picture uh, it's just this horrible place on the beach that I have to suffer through every time I go. Uh, but in the north, uh, life is a little different. Uh, it's not as developed. There isn't uh, the business infrastructure there and uh, the uh, very limited middle class there. Um, and an interesting phenomena, you can, you know, drive. Uh, you see this beautiful metropolis of a city but literally, you can drive three minutes outside of the city, and you'll find people living in mud huts. And so it's a very unusual uh, place. You know, it's something that, uh, to the American eye. You know, we're used to driving out of Austin and finding Bastrop and beautiful homes in the whole country and, you know, people retired and uh, living well. It's not, it's not like this in Brazil. Uh, but what that's created is... Um, as it does, uh, the Lord's hand is in a lot of these things, but there is an open heart for God's word in Brazil. And, and we found our niche, um, Artios Ministries found our niche in and around the city of Natal. So Natal is about, um, I think, about 1.2, 1.3 million people, if you include the, you know, the metropolis itself and some outlying uh, cities around it. Um, and we've been in and around Natal to probably 25, maybe 30 different churches there. Um, one thing I should mention, um, 
one of the partnerships that we made right away, I uh, went over initially, uh, as Pastor Cliff mentioned, uh, I got introduced to the north of Brazil through a guy named Jim Myers. You guys probably know Jim. Um, he invited me to go over um, to help him teach Romans 1 through 8. I'd never been on a mission trip before. Uh, wasn't even really thinking that, you know, oh, I should be, you know, flying to Brazil and teaching the Bible. But one Sunday at church, um, he came up and asked, and so I said yes. And uh, it was a, uh, maybe you call it a leap of faith or, you know, blind luck or however you want to describe it. But I went down, it just so happened that um, I had the guy there, Johnny, at the end of the video Um, he was connected to Bible Framework Ministries. And at the time, I didn't know this, but he was living in Natal. So somebody mentioned that, hey, Johnny's in Natal. I sent Johnny a note, just a quick note. I didn't know him at the time and introduced myself and said, hey, coming down to teach the Bible um, in Natal. Wasn't even really expecting a reply. You know, he didn't know me from from Adam, but um, I got like this four-page reply. And he was so excited that somebody was going to be bringing good Bible teaching to Natal. And that, that email opened up a relationship with Johnny and a missionary group that he worked with called Light in Action. If you noticed, Anna uh, mentioned Light in Action. Uh, they are a ministry that's based in Natal, and they've produced a, a video uh, series very similar to um, The Stranger on the Road to Emmaus. And they import this video series. Uh, they specifically target countries where the gospel's been basically kicked out of. You know, So think of Yemen, Iran, North Korea. Um, and so they have a, a whole operation that smuggles in these uh, videos. But um, the connection there was very... Um, fortuitous. The Lord was just walking in front of me because this ministry had been there for almost 12 years and they had worked with about 120 different churches all around the uh, city of Natal. So immediately on my very first mission trip without Jim, I had the opportunity and kind of the, you know, um, the buy-off from these missionaries, and, and that opened so many doors right away. So many, in fact, that we couldn't keep up with the number of doors that were being opened. Um, so it was a great, again, to today's lesson, uh, this was a work that God prepared beforehand, and, and I was walking in it, and it's been a real blessing. Um, so we talked a little bit of about the history here, uh, that date of July of 2011 is, it should be, say, uh, July of 2015. Um, we talked about light in action. There's a picture of them here um, up on the, uh, on, I guess it would be on your right. Um, it, you can see these folks, they're in costume. So just a quick little snippet about these folks here at Light in Action. Um, they um, produced this film on just a shoestring budget just a small operation. They made their own clothes, their own costumes. The, uh, all the actors and everybody that was in the film were from churches all around the city of Natal, and this is kind of how they made their connections. Um, and uh, it's a great team, a great group of believers. Uh, Doug and I stayed with them on our first trip, and they were just so very 
wonderful. Just much like you guys have welcomed me, they welcomed us there in Natal. But what, what happened almost immediately, uh, literally on the very first trip, there was more opportunity to teach than, than I could keep up with. Um, and you can see here we've got, this map is old actually, but uh, you can see where we have been and done a conference um, 25 or 30 different churches in and around Natal where we have taken God's word verse by verse. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. Uh, but God's word has not come back void. Um, and there's some great testimonies I'm excited to share with you about what the power of God's word, that transformative power of God's word has done in and around Natal. So what is it that we do? I think you guys have probably picked up on the fact that um, we uh, believe in verse-by-verse teaching. Um, We teach from a literal, grammatical, historical, hermeneutic. You know, our intent in employing those sciences of language is to get to what the author's meaning was and then to communicate that to the body of Christ. That sounds kind of boring and, and normal. We, you know, we've all, all of us here probably have grown up in some kind of Bible teaching church, and we're very used to that and very accustomed to this talk. It's so much so that it may have fallen on deaf ears. But in Brazil, this is novel. People are, I, I can't tell you how many pastors have come and said, you can teach the Bible verse by verse? You know, yes, you can. Um, And one of the things that happens when you are very conscientious about teaching the Bible and teaching it accurately, and you have the humility to stay out of the way of God's word, well, guess what? God's word starts working on people's hearts. And that's what's happened over the last 10 years there in Brazil So the way that a a normal conference would work is that we would show up uh, at a church. uh, Let's say it's in a town outside of Natal. Maybe it's a Brethren church. It could be a Pentecostal church. We've we've had invites from Pentecostals, from the Brethren, uh, the uh, Baptist churches, uh, Assembly of God have opened their arms to us. And we'll show up at that church and we'll bring a curriculum of, there's, uh, we, we use a lot of curriculums. That, I don't know if you guys are familiar with a ministry called the Disciple Makers Multiplied. Uh, DM2 is kind of what it's known as, a guy named Brett Nasworth. Um, they've developed a lot of really good, uh, Pastor Cliff and I were talking about this last night, they've developed some good uh, curriculums. And we've taken those curriculums in the video we saw, the Romans 1 through 8. We had a whole curriculum of Romans 1 through 8. Um, And we've had it translated into Portuguese. And as we teach through that curriculum, the the students follow along. There's a word missing in their curriculum along each, you know, bullet point or uh, each sentence. And so they have to kind of stay engaged to keep those words to fill them in. Um, And so it's a kind of a duplicate, you know, we're... We're saying it, they're reading it, and then they get to take those curriculums back with them. 
And we will do a typical conference. Um, will be anywhere from 35 to 45 hours, and we'll do that in a span of three to four days. So we'll have days where we're teaching 10 or 12 hours a day. We, we'll take breaks for lunch, and we, we'll teach 50 minutes. We do a 10-minute break. Then we'll take a break for dinner, and then we'll teach on until 10 o'clock at night. Um, and then when we leave, so we've been teaching from 8 in the morning till 10 o'clock at night. And the teachers, myself, and there's a couple of partner teachers I have down there, uh, Pastor Huey, you know, we're, we're exhausted. You know, we've been talk, teaching all day. And, and so we're getting in our cars to, you know, go back to the hotel. And what do you see? All the people that have been sitting there for the last 16 hours studying the Word, they're in a circle with their Bibles open talking to each other about all the things they knew, all the things that they've learned. And um, it's a very humbling experience to see people that hungry for the Word. And it's also a very... Um, when, when you, we're so accustomed to our Bible teaching here in the States, and I know for me at least, you know, there were a lot of things that I took for granted. It was just a very stark reminder of just how blessed we are here in the U.S. and the availability of teaching and what we have. And, and when you bring that to somebody that doesn't have it um, and you see them drink it up and get excited, it, it has an effect um, it has a very powerful effect, so it's a it's a wonderful blessing. But that's um, we'll typically try to do two to three churches on a trip. Um, we were going uh, for ten days. We would go ten days in uh, sometime in the spring, and then ten days sometime around Christmas. And during those ten days, we would go to two or three different churches. And so we do maybe a conference at a brethren church. We do the Book of Romans, and then we go over to a Baptist church. We'll do the book of Galatians, and then we'll go over to um, uh, a Reformed church, and we'll do the book of Colossians. And and we get all that crunched into 10 days. So across, you know, 10 days, uh, it's myself and Pastor Huey. There's two teachers. And so we've been blessed. I have no idea how this is possible, but I have yet to lose my voice. <laughs> Pastor Cliff can probably tell you that um, that is a lot of public speaking to crunch into 10 days. And so uh, I know the Lord's had his hand in that because I've yet to lose my voice. Uh, but it's, uh, it's tiring, but it's wonderful. It's a wonderful blessing to be sharing God's word down there. Um, another thing that we do, uh, we do sponsor attendance for pastors to uh, the Schaefer uh, seminary um the Schaefer conference every year uh, we've had a couple of different pastors come over and participate in the conference and get connected with Schaefer seminary so the ministry sponsors that um and then we also sponsor um pastor dean has a, a friday call with a lot of pastors uh, i've never been on it but I, I understand they talk and discuss a lot of things um, and so we've connected a lot of the pastors that have shown interest with that and, and got them connected with uh, Pastor Dean's ministry there at West Houston Bible Church, um, all in an effort to get the tools into the hands of the church leaders and the pastors that are teaching those churches. So in, a, in addition to the teaching ministry, we do have some other outreaches that we support. 
So, what's changed? Or what does the future hold? So I mentioned we were doing, for the last eight or nine years, we would go twice a year, ten days, and we'd try to get as many churches as we could into those ten days. Never enough. We'd always, you know, maybe we made it to three churches, but there were eight that wanted us to come. Um, and then we'd go back the second half of the year, the same thing. Maybe we'd get to three, maybe four, but there were 11 churches that wanted us to come. So we decided to retool the ministry, and we made this change about a year and a half ago. And so now, um, and part of this change came, again, as, as God would have it, you know, um, some financial blessings. We had some churches that took an interest in what we were doing and started supporting us financially. And so what we were able to do is go rent a retreat. Um, think of a small Hotel 6 with a big wall around it and an auditorium. Um, you know, nothing fancy but a nice place. Um, we rent this retreat, and now we have pastors come to us, right? So we, um, we went from being able to hit one, two, or three churches to now when we teach, we're touching the hearts and lives of 40 to 60 pastors each conference. Um, the, I'm going back in May. This will be our fourth uh, pastors conference. Uh, we're anticipating about 60 to 80 pastors to be there. Uh, we're going to do the book of Colossians. Um, so as you might imagine, that has really multiplied um, the footprint of God's word because what will often happen is these pastors will come to the conference and they'll study the book with this and then they will take that curriculum back to their churches and start teaching their churches verse by verse. Maybe they'll grab a Wednesday night service um, or maybe they'll change a Sunday Bible study and they'll start going through the book of Romans or Galatians or Colossians uh, with their church. And by the way, we have a curriculum for every book in the Bible with the exception of just a couple of the minor prophets in the Old Testament. So we have almost a complete curriculum of the Bible uh, that we work with. But that, um, that change has been very dramatic uh, and very powerful in Brazil. And uh, we're getting to the point now where we've connected with a couple seminary uh, professors from Schaefer, kind of like uh, similar to what Jim was doing there in Ukraine. Um, maybe not as much infrastructure and, and background as he has, but we've, we have, uh, we've had three seminary, four seminary professors come over and teach one of their Schaefer courses to the pastors. Um, so it's been, uh, the Lord's opened some doors, and it's been a real blessing to be able to walk in this work that he's kind of prepared, prepared for not just for me, but for the body of Christ. Uh, not just this body, not just West Houston or uh, the four or five other churches that support this ministry, but the body of Christ in Brazil. I mean, we're all knit together. Um, and it's been a real blessing to be a part of that, uh, for sure. So, the question is, or should be, how can you help? And there's really three ways. Um, you can go. We always have a need for teachers. Um, if there's anybody here um, in this local congregation that 
feels a calling or has been led or has been trained by Pastor Cliff and you want to get some good experience teaching, come on one of our trips. Um, You will get more teaching than you want, I promise you. Um, And as opposed to maybe getting an opportunity on a Sunday when Pastor Cliff is gone um, or maybe on a Wednesday, uh, maybe you guys have a rotation you're going to be teaching 15, 20, 30 hours in the course of three days. So it is a great opportunity. It's a tremendous blessing, particularly for anybody that is kind of new to teaching, to be in and among people that love God's word because there's a certain fellowship that comes out of this where you're sharing the word with them, they're taking it in, and there's this just um, supernatural kind of connection that you make with this audience in love and in fellowship of God's word and it's a very powerful thing I promise you uh, anybody that would want to come you will not come back without some kind of change in your heart Um, it just a great opportunity so I would encourage anybody that's interested um, and I don't know the people here I don't know the dynamics of this church but if anybody's interested in teaching and wants to be a part of that reach out to us um we can uh we can work with you just so you know really the only cost is going to be getting down there um you know air, uh, ticket on the airlines depending on when you buy it round trip is around 11 or 1200 bucks once you get there your room your board everything will be taken care of by the ministry so there's not a lot of expense um, and we even have a bit of a benevolence fund uh, to assist with some of the uh, airfare as well. So, again, uh, not to beat the dead horse, but I will beat it. If anybody's interested in coming down and teaching, uh, we would welcome you with open arms. We'd love to have you. Um, if you're nervous about teaching, there's a curriculum that you follow. Um, it makes, especially if you have any background in Bible study, um, uh, it's very easy to follow this curriculum and teach. So, you, yes, you need to do some preparation and you need to do some study, but I, I don't want you to think, oh, I need to develop 30 hours of Bible material for Brazil. I could never do that. Uh, we, we do have curriculums that we teach out of. So that's one thing is going. Um, I have give here a second, but it's really in third place. The next thing um, that I want to say for this church is, man, we just covet your prayers. Um, the Lord's doing a lot of things in Brazil. Um, there are a lot of opportunities and doors, and, and we're having to make decisions, not fully understanding the long-term implications of them. Uh, we're interacting with a lot of pastors who are have been exposed to uh, some good Bible teaching now for, say, uh, two or three years they've been with us, and they're starting to realize that they need to leave their denomination. And, you know, sometimes this is a denomination they've been associated with for 40 years, 30 years, or 20 years. And so there's a lot of complexities to untangle yourself from that and do it in a gracious and humble way, but stay faithful to the Word. We need prayers around that and, and how to support and help those people uh, we need prayers about how to delegate our resources. Um, we um, have already gotten demands to start uh, additional retreats in other parts of the north. 
Um, because of my job, um, I, I can only go twice a year. Um, and so we're always looking for somebody that would come down and be willing to take on a leadership position um, and establish another set of conferences uh, somewhere else in the northeast. Even down south, uh, we've had uh, some uh, open door invitations down there as well. So be praying about that, that we make wise decisions about that. Um, there's a couple of pastors, one in specific, Pastor Hui, uh, who uh, I've worked with. You can see him here. He's in the yellow shirt here, kind of in the middle, teaching. Um, he He's down here in the very bottom. I don't know how well you can see this. He's got the white shirt down, down here, Pastor Hui, right here and right up there, has been a uh, faithful and wonderful partner in ministry. Pastor Huey comes uh, from a Baptist background, but he got his uh, THM in uh, uh, biblical language and hermeneutics at a um, seminary there. And we met up at the very first Romans conference that Doug and I went to. And then there was, he went off to Brazil to do some mission work for about four years, or excuse me, he went off to Africa to do some mission work. It came back to Brazil, and we just recently got reconnected, and he and his wife have been a huge blessing. Um, they have really taken over. Uh, we got a whole team that works for us on the ground there in Brazil. Um, we've got an audio team. We have a, a, a marketing team that gets this information out on social media about the, the pastors. We have a team of cooks, a team of cleaners. There's this whole infrastructure that the Lord's put in place down there uh, to support this, and Huey and his wife organize and run all that, and then Huey helps me teach, um, and he's a good, faithful man of God's word. Um, our backgrounds, uh, you know, if if we were to sit down and go through uh, Schaefer's theological tomes, uh, there's probably like a quarter inch of daylight on one or two topics uh, that would stand between us. But um, he's been a, a wonderful blessing. Please pray for him and his wife, Ariel, um, as they um, they've transitioned partly because of support that um, Bible Framework Brazil has supplied. He's been able to transition to a full-time mission work there. Um, and so that support is uh, something to be praying about. Um, and then just in general, as there's so many, and, and I'm sure in this church here too, um, when you set your mind towards um, God's word and, and the importance of it, and, and that's what you try to prop up and support, you, you're always amazed at the attacks that come at you. And sometimes from people you know, people within your, that you would have never guessed and it may not even be in an intentional attack, but it, it, it's always these challenges that get thrown in front of the ministry that uh, create roadblocks for us to go down and teach. And so just be praying in general for that. Um, and then I'm working towards um, full-time mission service. Um, I'm hoping to transition. I'm in the next couple of years. Um, I guess if you guys guess what I do, then that's going to be my sign that it's time to... Uh, to quit and go to work but uh, be praying for me as I make that transition um, and then 
as I mentioned, um, the last thing, of course, all of this, as you guys know, uh, God's work takes money. Um, and so I don't want to get into any details here about that. But just know that there's a need. Um, and, of course, any there's nobody that's paid on staff. There's um, We do have honorariums for some of the folks that are down in Brazil. But um, all any monies or donations that come into uh, Bible Framework Brazil, 100% of those monies go towards teaching God's word in Brazil and touching the body of Christ down there. And as we talked about earlier today in Philippians where Paul mentioned um, his gratitude for the support that the church had given him, um, you know, that's how the body of Christ works. So I do put that in front of you that there's needs out there, but um, I put it in front of you in grace and understanding that as the Lord leads you, um, you can support us. So thank you for giving me your attention about Brazil. Uh, any questions before we move to Camparete, please? Um, so, boy, we, as far as denominations, uh, the biggest is Catholicism, and it's not the Catholic Church that you know here in the U.S. Down there, it's the Catholic Communist Church. They're into liberation theology. They're all up in the government. Uh, you know, all of the evil, horrible things that you can hear about um, here, uh, you know, if you listen to some of the, our brothers and sisters on the other side of the aisle um, all that's happening, and it's filtered through the Catholic Church. That's the biggest. Um, as far as um, secular, um, spiritism is a big, huge influence. Uh, Brazil, a little history about Brazil, a uh, big, big problem with uh, slavery. Uh, Portugal came over in the early 1400s and found sugar, and they started importing slaves from Africa into Brazil, um, and so there's this whole contingent, uh, this very kind of like the U.S. history, except, you know, we're the only ones that fought a civil war to free uh, an enslaved people, and rightly so. They should have been freed, of course. Um, and slavery was, was an abomination to this country and, and others as well. Um, but so spiritism from Africa is big. Um, voodoo is big, um, which kind of ties into spiritism. Uh, there's another one, um, oh, rich, witchcraft, especially among the, the women, the young ladies in Brazil between the ages of 15 and 19 and 20. Um, witchcraft is huge. Um, there's, you know, we have pastors who have daughters that are in witchcraft. Um, as far as what we would understand, evangelical denominations, you know, this very broad tent, Protestant maybe is the right word. Um, the big one is going to be the prosperity gospel folks. They're down there. Uh, they've right, made a lot of headway, as you can imagine, in a very poor part of the country. Uh, the Pentecostals, uh, the Brethren, the Reformed Church is very big there. Um, Baptist Church is very big there. Uh, there are a few and far between Bible churches. Uh, what we would call uh you know just a bible church the closest is the brethren if you guys are familiar with the brethren um you know they have a few quirks about 
women wearing hats in church or something, but aside from that, they line up with us lockstep on anything and everything, theology and the idea of teaching the Bible verse by verse. Um, so those are the ones you'll find a lot of syncretism. So you'll find somebody that's combined Catholicism with Spiritism with the, the prosperity gospel, and it's all mixed up in their head, right? And so how does one go about untangling that mess? Teach them Romans 1 through 8. That's right. That's right. Well, there's no magic here. There's no, you know, I'm not anybody special. Doug wasn't anybody special. Pastor Huey isn't anybody special. We just went down and understood the power of God's word and got out of its way, and we were sure that we taught it accurately. And so that's how you untangle that mess. Yes, um, if you have a Catholic background, we'll loan you a a Bible. (laughs) Otherwise, they come with the Bibles. But it's a big problem, you know, to your point. Um, And the other problem with Catholicism, uh, we were talking about this last night. We will, uh, we've met um, so many people that are, you know, you'll talk to them about the work that Jesus did on the cross. I believe that. 100%. 100%. Jesus had to die for my sins. But I need to work. Or I need to do this. Or I need to do that. And so, again, it's one of those things where you're trying to untangle that mess. How do you do it? Romans 1 through 8, Galatians. Teach it verse by verse. And if, if, you're, if you listen, not, not everybody's going to listen, but if you listen, that's going to untangle that mess in your head. Um, no, no magic on my part. Um, just, just God's word. Other questions? Sure. I, I did not, but that was because everything is set up at the Schaefer conference. So I'm going to mail it up to Pastor Cliff, and we'll, you probably have a table somewhere here that we can set up a small poster along with, um, I'll have some brochures. Um, and, uh, but I, I'm happy to share with you, um, you know, the, uh, if you want to write it down, the ministry is P.O. Box 609. It's Bel Air, Texas. That's B-E-L-L-I-A-R-E. The A-R-R, thank you. Thank you. I'm definitely not a gifted speller. <laughs> um, and that's uh, 77402. And those, uh, the checks in the U.S. are uh, Bible Framework Brazil is what you make the check out to. But we'll get some material up here. Thank you for asking about that. I appreciate it. Before we close on Brazil, just uh, I'll share a quick story with you that you'll get a kick out of. And I think I may have shared this with Pastor Cliff last night. I don't remember. But, um, you know, speaking of different denominations, you know, we have all of these denominations show up. Um, You know, we've got Pentecostals in the audience, Reformed folks, Catholics, brethren, Baptists, people that are 
not very connected to any type of denomination. Um, and so, you know, we open our hearts and our arms to them. Uh, we don't, you know, there's no, there's no litmus test for you to show up and listen except to be polite. And, and we've had several disagreements, uh, but it's always in love and it's always centered around God's word. Um, and if we may end up disagreeing, the biggest disagreement that we run across is um, has to do with the gifts, cessation versus non-cessation. But there's so many other things that we agree on with our brothers and sisters that don't understand that, that it is very easy to get caught up in division when there's a lot of unity and um especially if they're willing to stick around and listen. Um, you know, so we, it is a little bit different there than it would be here. Typically here, you know, somebody's going to come to your Bible conference and everyone at Schaefer believes Schaefer's theology for the most part. It's not like that in Brazil. And uh, we, uh, just as one example, and there's quite a few, but this one was funny. We were, I was teaching a group. There was about, it was a pretty big group. It was about 120 people. And uh, we were going through Romans, and there was a big contingent of Pentecostals in the church listening to the study. And this guy got up in the back and, um, you know, started speaking in tongues, you know, or what he thought, well, you know, I don't believe tongues exist as a gift anymore. I believe it ceased, but I use that word to give you the frame of reference. He was saying something, um, and it wasn't in English or it wasn't in Portuguese. Anyway, he rattled off for about a minute. I just stopped teaching, watching. And then he stopped. I said, amen, brother. Thank you. And he sat down, and we just kept on teaching. <laughs> you know? So those things happen, and I don't, I, you know, I, just because of the, my background and the cloth that uh, I'm cut from, it, it was no sweat off my back. I, not a big deal for me. But uh, those, you know, it's a very interesting dynamic working with a lot of other folks that have different beliefs so any any other questions before we transition over to Camp Arete no okay all right give me a second here I probably need to do this there we go all right so now is our time to talk about Camparete, which is another wonderful ministry that uh, the Lord has uh, put in front of me and several other men and women. Uh, it's a work that he's put together that we've been walking in for about 10 years, um, and it's been a tremendous blessing. Uh, we, um, the camp is really focused and designed for small churches like this uh, that where maybe there's one or two or three or four young men and women, but they feel isolated. Uh, they, you know, they want to know, are there other kids out there that share my beliefs and, and, and my faith? And, um, you know, it can be a challenge um, when in your, your teen years. I remember I, I was lucky enough to grow up in a very big church as a young man. And, I, you know, I was surrounded by people that I was – even in just in my grade at my church, there were 40 kids that were my age, you know, and then there was another 40 that were in the next grade. And another, it was, I was lucky enough to grow up in that environment, but nowadays it's, I don't think that happens too often. And so Camparete was really founded to serve 
those smaller Bible teaching churches. Um, again, I think it's great to run. This video is a lot quicker than the last one, but um, and apologies for the music. Um, it is a little bit secular, but we had a uh, one of the campers put this video together. It's not horrible, but um, it is a. Uh, it may be shocking for some of you. Um, but it's a great video, but I think it really gives you guys a feel for what we do at camp, and then afterwards I'll, I'll talk about it. Sing to me, baby, in your native tongue. Sing the words of the wise and the young. Show me the place where your words come from. Love is a language, love is your native tongue. Feel your heartbeat, bang the drum. Open up your eyes and fill your lungs The same word from where the stars are flung Love's a language, love's a name Uh, and it's a privilege to come to you today and talk to you about Camperete, a minister I've been in. Um, that uh, maybe you guys know Pastor Rosen uh, from the uh, Schaefer Conference, if you've been there. But he's one of our staff pastors. Um, so, the um, let me get out of this here real quick. Let me go here. Two seconds. Tennessee. I'll get to that in a second. I just wanted to pull this. I don't have a presentation for camp. Um, but here's our website. If you go and Google, type in Camperete, it comes up here. Um, and it's got all the information about us. But uh, to answer your question, we hosted in Tennessee uh, in a town called Benton. It's just across the border from uh, Georgia, right in the foothills of the Smoky Mountains. Um, and we've been doing this camp for um uh, 12 years, uh, we started in Colorado, uh, Doug was a part of that too, um, and uh, 
the uh, but we started in Colorado about six seven years ago because of costs and a couple other reasons it was time to move on so now we've moved the camp to Tennessee but we serve churches from all over the country um, we have uh, probably three or four churches in Texas a couple in California some uh, up in New England uh, some in Florida some in Missouri some in Kansas uh, some in New Mexico uh, some in Wyoming uh, so we serve small churches from all over the country that uh, bring their kids to us um, there's a lot of good Bible camps out there. There's a lot of good teen camps. Um, what what I would say is the distinctive about Camp Arete um, is that uh, we teach the Bible. And um, as you saw, we have a lot of fun. You saw the video. Um, but we teach three times a day. We teach an hour in the morning, an hour in the afternoon, and an hour in the evening. And when we started Camp Arete and founded it, you know, our very first trip there was a lot of discussion about man are these kids going to put up with three hours of bible teaching a day and let me tell you something they love it without fail for the last 11 years every kid i there are of course exceptions but we've served over the last 12 years probably close to a thousand kids i can think of two or three that had some kind of problem uh, with what we were doing, everyone else to a person absolutely loved. Now, when these kids come to camp, we treat them like adults. How old was Daniel when he got taken into captivity? Maybe 14 or 15, maybe 16. Um, and so we we don't coddle them. We treat them like adults. Um, we we treat them like this is their faith, not their parents' faith, not not their pastor's faith. This is their faith. And we challenge them to think through that and to make decisions. And they're in and among people where, again, um, as you might imagine, somebody that has been in a very small church environment and, and really their touch point with the Bible and Jesus is their parents and maybe their pastor. Maybe there's some other person in the church that's taken it, but it's always an adult. It's an older person that maybe has taken a discipleship role in their life, but then these kids come and they meet another 15-year-old or 16-year-old or 5 or 10 or 20 or 40 or 60 that are walking in the Word like they are. And all of a sudden, it becomes their faith. And um, we've had uh, great success with this idea of teaching three hours a day, we put them up in Tennessee in the foothills of the Smoky Mountains. We feed them all week long. We give them a place to stay and sleep. We have all kinds of activities, some of it off-campus activities. We'll, we've done whitewater rafting. Uh, we'll do, um, uh, uh, what do you call it, the uh, uh, rope, roping. Uh, thank you, zip line. Thank you. Somebody said zip line. Thank you. The zip lining, I, we've done it all. Um, and But what, what is, sets Camp Aritzia apart is truly our focus on the transformative power of God's word. Um, I grew up uh, in a church that supported a camp that's still around. Um, and it, the name of the camp starts with a P. I won't give you the, the whole. But, but the number one review on Yelp about this Bible camp 
was, oh, don't worry. They don't try to teach you the Bible here. That was from a kid that had went last, last year. That was the number one review on Yelp for this camp. And so, um, you know, this church probably doesn't have a lot of touch points with youth ministry out there and camps. Um, what I can tell you, what we do at Camp Arete is the DNA that you guys have here at Lost Pines Bible Church, what your pastor communicates to you. Our doctrinal statement is the Schaefer doctrinal statement. Now, when these kids come, as I mentioned, we're teaching them they're not going to come and hear the pastor a Sunday lecture. We're going to teach to them at their level. We don't dumb things down, but we teach to them. We have fun when we teach. It's not a typical service that you guys might be accustomed to, but it works. And we teach them the Bible. And that formula has worked very well for us. And so I know you guys have a couple teens here. Pastor Cliff mentioned that uh, even if there's, uh, you guys are probably involved in homeschools, uh, communities around here. Maybe you have children that have kids uh, that are in homeschool or nephews or nieces. Um, I would encourage you to uh, share Camp Arete with them. We'll get some material about Camp Arete up here as well. We'll have some brochures. Uh, we'll send them up after the conference so that you guys have those handy. But you can go to our website here, uh, camparete.com, and get all the information that you need. Um, the uh, Again, one of the other distinctives is that, and this is because of the support we get in and among our churches that we serve, but um, camp is for a week, room and board, activities, food, $550. Now, for most of us, you're probably like, oh my gosh, that's, that's a chunk of change. Well, that camp that I told you about, that's, by the way, just down the road, uh, not far from here at all. You want to go spend a week with them, 10-minute drive, 1700 bucks. So we, uh, every penny of every donation that comes to Camp Arete goes to serving the kids. We don't have any paid staff. Everybody that comes every year is a volunteer to serve those kids. Um, all of the money uh, either goes towards essentially cutting that tuition in half. And then oftentimes we have kids that um, have financial challenges and there's never has been nor will there ever be a kid that can't come to Camp Arete because of money. Um, money will never be a hurdle for any kid that wants to come to camp. So, um, you know, we don't have the resources to run camp for free but we have the resources to help those that have a legitimate need and a desire to come. Um, and uh, it's a, a very worthy ministry that uh, they're put in front of you for prayer, uh, financial consideration, however you want to, uh, to think about it. So, Do you all ever cross paths with Young Life? We have one of our pastors, um, Pastor Brad Maston, uh, spent 20 years in Young Life. But as a, as a ministry organization, no, we're not partnered with Young Life. Um, I, I know Young Life does some good work, um, but um, no, we're not partnered with them. Uh, 
13 to 18 for camp. And then I should have mentioned this earlier. Thank you for asking. Uh, we have a servant leader program for 18 to 21-year-olds um, where they can come. They get the same teaching. They have a little different activity schedule. Um, and we do uh, train them up in some servant leader um, roles and opportunities where they get a chance to serve the body of Christ in different ways. So that's uh, for the 18 to 21-year-olds. So, um, you know, big tent umbrella, 13 to 21, but campers, 13 to 18, and then uh, servant leaders, 18 to 21. Questions? Yeah, yeah, we uh, we have uh, the camp that we rent from is called Camp Agape. It's a, it's a Baptist camp. There's about 40 Baptist churches in and around Tennessee that sponsor that camp, and we lease it for the week uh, when we're up there. So we don't have – it hasn't um, – it's really been a good model for us. I know a lot of other ministries would be focused on buying some land and building their own camp and all that, but um, the leasing model has worked well for us because it keeps more money in the hands of the kids and helps – Again, one of aside from making sure that we're teaching God's word is that we never want money to be an issue for anybody that wants to come to camp or at the end. It never will be, at least as long as I'm running it. So, um, any other questions? Yes, sir. Hundred percent. Thank you for bringing that up. If you if you get registered um, as a team um, and you get into a, uh, what I call the Arete pipeline, we've got a, a travel coordinator that will get in touch with you and spell out the options that Doug talked about. We do have a whole uh, contingent that leaves from Houston last year. I think there were 25 kids um, that, and they all drive up together in a couple vans. So there's. There's a small cost associated with that, um, or, you know, a, a lot of parents will fly their kids into Atlanta, and we make a trip down there to pick the kids up and then deliver them back to the airport after camp. Yes. not Well, for the kids, not for the drivers. <laughs> hey, it, was, it was some bleary eyes, but, but no, it was, it was a blast. When you have, when you got 25 kids that are drinking Cokes, having fun and you stop for a bathroom break and then 20 minutes later oh i need to go to the bathroom <laughs> it's a big uh but it to doug's point it's uh, the kids have a blast uh they get to you know again you have to remember that a lot of these kids have never met each other before and and they're from you know if you're if you're a young man or woman that's attending camp and you're like oh my gosh you know i'm not going to know anybody there well there's 40 other young men and women, they're in your same shoes. They're coming to camp and like, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to know anybody there. 
I'm telling you, within two hours of leaving Houston, all of that's out the rear window. You're having fun. Within the first half day of camp, you're having a blast. Uh, and again, I, you know, I, I know, I'm sure it sounds like I have rose-colored glasses here, but I'm just being honest with you. We've never, uh, across a thousand students, maybe two uh, that weren't weren't taking what we were given, and they stuck it out with us. Uh, it was more misery for them than it was for us, but that's a pretty good percentage. I, you know, I don't know the math on that. That's at least the 0.002% fallout, right, or 0.02%, whatever. Um, it's a good success rate. It, it's a good formula. Again, just like Brazil, that formula is it has nothing to do with me or the pastors that teach. Um, it has everything to do with the fact that uh, we prioritize God's word. It's our DNA, 100%, the transforming power of God's word. And everything we do, every effort we make with kids and all of the activities and everything is all designed around getting God's words in their heart and getting them to own their faith. So any uh, other questions? Well, we are out of time, but I, I do want to take at least five minutes, if that's okay, if I could have your permission to do just five minutes of quick Bible study. Um, and really, um, this is going to be more of a, a, a commendation to you guys after I've, I've heard. Um, but I, I wanted to ping off this verse that you guys are memorizing here. And uh, when Paul says, and my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And our tendency here, I'm guilty of this too, and it's true when Paul talks about this word needs. um, Pastor Cliff mentioned um, your idea of what you need may not be God's idea of what you need. And I think one place where we miss one of our needs is this new creation in Christ. And and dare I say it, um, I hate to say this in a Bible church, I hope I don't get thrown out on my ear, but works. Okay, I said it. Works. I said the word, but I have a defense. Thank you. Now, who in here can quote to me without opening their Bibles, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9? Anybody that can do it, please do. Eight and nine. Eight and nine. Well, that's ten. Yep. Yeah, and I want to hear it. Come on, brothers and sisters. Amen. We all know that verse, right? Praise the Lord. It's our salvation. It's free. It's our it's our ticket. We're not going to burn in those nasty fires of hell, right? Praise Jesus for what he did for us on the cross. Right? Anybody know the next verse? No help here, Pastor Cliff. <laughs> Anybody out here know the next verse? Anybody? When Paul wrote this, if you look at the Greek construction, 
It was one thought. And we've broken the verse. You know, you, the numbers aren't inspired. You know, we've broken them so we have a street address to go find, you know, what Paul said about this and what Timothy said about that. But uh, this, this flow, if Paul was up here talking to you, this would have been captured in one thought. So does somebody have their Bible want to read uh, Ephesians 2.10 for me, please? Holy cow. Did did you did you say works? Did somebody say works? <laughs> did I hear works out there? Ma'am, were you the one that read it? Did you say works? I believe that's Oh my goodness. It's in the Bible? What is up with that? Um Of course I'm I'm saying this in jest. Right. Um, I know this church, uh, although very briefly, but what I've heard from uh, Doug and Melanie and pa- uh, Pastor Cliff and his lovely bride. Uh, I don't see her here today, but um, OK, perfect. Um, you guys have this works thing figured out. Um, but um, I want to point something out here in, in our brief two or three minutes. And, and I had a whole lesson built around this. We were going to tie this into abiding in Christ which is abiding in his word. It's the lifeblood of our Christian walk, that abiding fellowship. Um, and, and then tie that into uh, Galatians, which I think you guys are studying right now, that walking by means of the Spirit. Right? And those two things um, work in conjunction with Paul has said here. But I want to point something out. We are his workmanship who is he who who are we talking about here we're talking about god we are his workmanship created this word created when you look at it in the greek it's in the old testament it's used of poems it's used of works of art and so there's this implication that god has created this beautiful thing in us in christ jesus and then Paul goes on to say, why? Why do we have this new creation? So that we can study our Bibles, which God prepared beforehand, so that we can learn it. Is that what it says? No. We were created in Christ Jesus. All those riches and glories we have in Christ. Why? For good works. The best part of this message, and hopefully you picked up on this from Doug's testimony, mine, maybe Pastor Cliff, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. If God's prepared these beforehand for each one of us individually, do we need to worry about, like, what is this work? What do I... What is our obligation here? Who said obedience? Man, extra credit. Amen. (laughs) Amen. We would walk in them. What does that walk consist of? Abiding in Christ. Walking by means of the Spirit. Now, 
remember, has any has anybody here seen this news where, um, you know, you'll you'll be watching like Fox News or something. I don't watch news a lot anymore, but every once in a while I catch something on my YouTube feed where these uh, climate activists will go into a museum and they'll throw paint or soup or some other condiment all over some painting and then glue themselves to the floor. You know, have you, have you guys seen that? You know that repulsive feeling you get when that happens? That's the kind of repulsive feeling we should have as Christians when we sin. Right? Now, we have 1 John 1, 9, and if you've been taught accurately here, how you feel about your sin is indifferent because of what Jesus did on the cross. You're going to be forgiven. But if you want to have a vibrant, close relationship with your Savior, Jesus Christ, your attitude towards sin better be that same attitude that you feel when you see that person throw that vomit or whatever it is and glue themselves to the floor. You know that feeling you're like, you, you want, I don't know about you guys, but you ladies probably don't feel this way. I just want to go punch them. You know, I, that's my reaction. I, I just want to hit somebody. Yeah, my dick. I want to my dick of them. Uh, and But that's how we should feel towards sin. And uh, so oftentimes, and I'll, I'll wrap this up here. I know we've gone over a little bit. Uh, but so oftentimes, we really focus on the grace of 1 John 1, 9, but we forget the work that Jesus had to do for us and the pain and what it cost him. And there is nowhere in Scripture, nowhere, that treats sin lightly. doesn't happen. And every time any one of us sin, it's grieving and quenching the spirit. It's like us throwing. Now it's us. And we're throwing that vomit or that soup or that paint on this creation that God made in Christ Jesus and we're mucking it up with sin. Now, thankfully, we have First John 1, 9. We can confess those sins. But, but that shouldn't be a license to sin. In fact, if you read a couple of verses forward, he says, I'm sharing these things with you so that you don't sin. Um, so, anyway, that is my um, abridged lesson for this morning. I, I do want to leave you with some encouraging words to know, say that I know that this church is walking in the works that God has prepared beforehand. Uh, you guys have a, a, a great pastor who's been very kind, and it was such a pleasure to meet him and understand the dynamic that you guys have. And I've heard about some of the different ministries that have organically grown out of this church, whether it's been purposely or just from individuals wanting to serve the body of Christ in their community, and it's commendable. And so um, I praise Jesus for you uh, and for your service and for your hearts. You want me to close in prayer? All right, let's let's clock, lock this down. Father, uh, we just thank you so much for the hospitality that um, I've received here at Lost Pines Bible Church and the opportunity to meet uh, this wonderful group of believers. Uh, we thank you and praise you for their heart, for their walk, uh, for their leadership. And, uh, Father, we recognize that it is tied into God's word. Um, and, Father, um, Again, we thank you for the creation that we are, the new creation that we are. We, we were this old, broken, nasty, horrible thing, and now we're this beautiful creation in Christ. And 
one of the needs that Paul talks about there in, in Philippians is this need to serve and work. It's part of why you created us. It's part of who we are. And so, Father, we thank you that you have carved out works for each one of us and that um, those works are prepared beforehand and all we have to do is walk in them. Uh, we thank you for that. Um, we thank you for uh, this fellowship and food we're about to enjoy. Um, and we ask all these things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, our one-day King, our Ruler. Amen. Thank you for your time and apologies for going over here. Everybody yell. Please say thank